on today's show. We talked to Theo Pinson yesterday. What did he tell us about Luca and Kidd's relationship and the Mavs' chemistry that makes them different this year? We'll talk about all that and more on today's Locked On Mavs. I'm Luka Doncic, and this is Locked On Mavs don't believe you shouldn't be here. And welcome. You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show. Thanks to everybody that listened to our episode yesterday. Send us some great notes. Today's episode is brought to you by PrizePix. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code NBA or go to the App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy. And joining me, as always, my co-host, contributor, and writer at Mavs.com, the Fruit Cup King, the One More Thing King. What you got for me, Isaac Harris? Theo! Theo Pinson, baby. Love Theo. Um, first off, it's an honor to have Theo on the pod. Love this guy. A lot of you guys know I love love the Tar Heels. Grew up a big Tar Heels fan. So had had fun a little uh, pre pod recording, reminiscing on the the title uh, title Theo, game. Theo, Theo, remember when you guys won the title? <laughs> Theo, remember when you guys won? Remember when North Carolina won the title? Dude, I have your player tee in my closet. <laughs> Do you really? <laughs> will you? Will you? No, I don't. Oh, that would <laughs> funny if you whipped that out and was like, "Hey, look. <laughs> hey, will you sign this?" Uh, <laughs> but no, it it was cool. I, I he really was one of my favorite Tar Heels. Like he obviously wasn't a you know, a first rounder draft pick type of guy, like a Harrison Barnes or something like that. He's not Rashad McCants. I mean, come he's on. He's not Rashad McCants, but he was just like the most fun Sean dude. May. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, I also want to give a shout out really quick to Joseph Honeycutt. Okay. Bro. Long time. Wash, wash your hair. Make sure you're scrubbing really good in the shower because he tweeted us yesterday. He said, my wife said the, the intro to our pod haunts her every morning as she wakes up when he's in the shower for work that he listens to locked on maps i don't know what to think about i mean does locked on maps hit harder in the shower or <laughs> i don't i don't know i don't know <laughs> so um shout out my guy listening to our pod that in the is, shower and it's 100 percent not something i thought i, <laughs> I was gonna hear you say today <laughs> Who 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 subscribed to the pod based off the Theo interview? Hold on, we have a clean radio. <laughs> and and is just now, and we're like, hey, let me let me get the second dose of these guys. Let me try these guys out a second time. And now this is what they're hearing. <laughs> Does lockdown maps hit better in the shower? Like, okay. All right. Well, shout out to Mrs. Honeycutt. We appreciate you letting your husband listen. Honeycutt. Thanks everybody that reached out. Um, but we talked to Theo Pinson yesterday, had him on the show. If you haven't listened to that episode, this episode is, will not be as good as that one because that was maybe one of the best Lockdown Mavs episodes we've ever done. It was absolutely incredible. He's a great guest. And he told us some really great stuff. One of the things he told us was about Luca and Jason Kidd, how their how their relationship is and how Kidd coaches Luca and how Luca you know, is allowed to have his input into things and how Jason Kidd coaches everybody by saying, you know, make the make the read first. That was the big thing I think that I learned from it yesterday was that Jason Kidd coaches and says to his players, make the read first 
and then and then try and, and run the play. He would much rather you make the correct read and make a play that's available to you than just run the play, right? And I made a joke during the podcast, but that is a stark difference to where it was before with uh, a former coach. <laughs> yes, uh, and Nick's not referring to Avery Johnson. So or Don Nelson <laughs> or Don, but no, I thought that that part was so key when he went in on and he said that line, it was like, you know, he kind of paused a little bit and he said, you know, man, kid and Luca, they have such a good relationship between the two. It's like for a guy, you know, for all the guys to just recognize that, that they're kind of connecting on this, even how you worded the, the question, kind of the follow up. I, you know, you're obviously trying to word it in a way to where it's not like, Hey, they were talking above your head, but yeah. it's like when these two brainiacs of NBA guys like connect at this level that you're watching, you're like, how do, how are they like really talking yeah. like, and connecting this way? It seems like they do have that connection on the court, but it seems like they trust each other so much off the floor that has built this unique relationship between the two. And it was just cool hearing another like teammate perspective of that. To hear somebody that's literally sat there and listened to these conversations, right? And said that Luca respects that Jason Kidd can see plays before they happen, right? I mean, it's like, I made the Jedi analogy. I'm going to make it again. It's like they see things before it actually happens. And Luca and Kidd both have that. I mean, Luke Kidd was one of the best in NBA history at doing that, right? He's like top, what is he, yeah. top five in assists all times? Like, you know, top five and he's not five. Well, well, uh, even, like really well even them, out. even them, him talking like, dude, Jason Kidd's our coach. Like, yeah, because yeah, because these guys, these guys like, no, they remember him playing like even I mean, we we do the comparison to Rick, but it's like nobody's out here reminiscing on, you know, somebody's like calling their dad. Hey, do you remember when Rick played, you know, for Boston? Do you remember any of those games? Because no one else watched those games. So no, and not many people remember Rick Carlisle as a player. They remember that he was maybe on the team with Larry Bird, but they don't. Yeah. I mean, Jason Kidd was his number two all time in assists. Yeah, so, so I mean, a lot that, of a lot of you guys, I mean, us including, we we watched him with those, you know, Nets, Kenyon Martin, Richard Jefferson, BC. That was fun. The other thing that I think stood out to me was about the team chemistry, and we've talked about this for a couple of years now. They've been growing the team chemistry, and for those that you know didn't like the idea of like, oh, let's just keep it together, keep the powder dry, you know, keep you know, keep the chemistry together, continuity, all that. It's starting to pay off. Because they, this Mavs team could not play the defense they are playing right now if they did not have chemistry like this. If they did not yeah. have interconnectivity, if they did not have a shorthand that they could communicate with each other, it just could not happen. To have the infrastructure already built in, it, I don't think it's a coincidence that the guys that are behind some of the Mavs' best defenses, like Maxi, Luca, Dorian, you know, and insert Brunson even, like insert whoever it's been on the team for like the last three years. Bertans. <laughs> and it's been guys that have been around for a little while. I think that matters. And the chemistry, Pinson talking about how the everybody's here to win. Everybody just wants to win on this team. There are no egos in the way. I think that that stands true. I, I did not. My BS meter did not go off when he said that because I think that's true about this team. Oh yeah, and and I love how he brought it up himself before we even asked about it of how much they stand up. And I love that he bench, brought. He's yeah. like, yeah, we're always standing up over there. Like they're always barking out stuff and hollering, not just ho hollering at the players, the opposing team players, but like hollering out like de defensive stuff and you know all of that. And that's just a testament. To just yeah, man, it's how close they are. There's just something different about this Mavs team that we haven't really. 
I haven't really felt this way about a team that we've covered in years. I maybe since Luca's been, I mean, maybe that first that first year, which was Dirk's last, and they were they were tight, but it was still it was a unique year because it was Dirk slash in like all of that. But like now they 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 just all seem so tight as a unit that it's so cool. They do, and I think that that interconnectivity and the bench just being bought in all the time matters for this team, right? Because it's just, it's everyone's locked in. Pinson said, one of the reasons why I stand up, basically said it's more about me than it is about them because if I'm gonna if my number is gonna get called, I'm go- I need to be invested in this team. I need to know what's going on. How many timeouts do we have? What plays are the is the other team running? What what do I need to know when I go in this game? And everybody's thinking that. And like Tim Hardaway, he may be in a position at some point when he comes back and the Mavs are just like in a first round series. That that is totally possible for him to come back at that point. You know, Marquise Chris, kind of the same thing. And if those guys aren't locked in and paying attention, then you know what Theo Pinson said is if you're just sitting on the bench, sometimes you just for like don't realize what's going on. <laughs> you just kind of like yeah. zone out and you're just not connected to the team. And so I think that's super important that that I think Pinson has started started this culture of that. And uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. is absolutely one of those guys with him that's always standing and up. And I think he's staying locked in just in case his number does get called in the playoffs. Yeah, hundred percent. I like that. You know, he he brought up the hype man. You know, thing that you know we we brought it up. What Denwitty no, said no, no. about he's him. He's more than a hype man, Isaac. Yeah. Well, I thought that was you know it was a fun interaction on, on the pod, but I th- you know I thought it was something on his side. Like, hey, like I'm I'm a good basketball player too. You yeah. know, and it's just a good reminder for everybody out there. It's like, hey, we got these guys on the, end of the bench, and they're making the best of it, but they're good too. They're not just you know cheerleaders or hype men out there. Um, but yeah, I mean, if if you haven't listened to yesterday's pod, you got to go listen to it. It was honestly the most fun that we've had in an interview. And we've, we've had a lot of random, you know, bigger name people like Harrison Barnes been our pod, Scott Tomlin. I mean, Mark Cuban. I mean, we could, we have had different players through the years on the pod, front office people, media people. And like, honestly, I was, I was racking my brain about different, all the different guests we've had on over the past five years. And I'm like, I mean, all of our media day, you know, interviews with all the players, you know, this year, I'm like, honestly, I think that was the most I've laughed. I haven't laughed as hard in a single moment of a pod of when he said the, the go bear line about hitting Jerry West. Like that what, is what for- he do to you. <laughs> I laugh. Like I immediately laughed so hard and I'm like, that was so much fun, man. I, I just love that talking with him. hundred percent coming up. We're going to play a game of whiteboard about the playoff matchups. Who is the most important non-Luka player in each of the potential matchups for the Mavs? We'll tell you who they are coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about prize picks. Prize picks is daily fantasy made easy. This is how it works. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections. And you can win up to 10 times what you put down on any entry. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less for tomorrow's games. We have a Charlotte versus Atlanta potential play-in game preview game. That one's pretty interesting. Trey Young, 28 and a half is his over-under for his points. LaMelo, 19 and a half is his over-under for his points. So if you want to pick the under on Trey Young and the over on LaMelo Ball, you can do that. Go ahead and put it down on prize picks. If I put down 20 bucks, I can win 40. If I put down 100 bucks, I can win 200. If I put put 100 bucks on and put on the power play, 
I could win $300 in that. So you can place that entry on Prize Picks. You can download the app. It had they have it for college basketball as well. So go check it out. And uh, you can also get $50 for free if a player in your first Prize Picks entry scores a single point. But you have to use the promo code NBA. That's right. Get that exclusive offer. Use the promo code NBA if your Prize Picks uh, entry scores a single point. You'll get 50 bucks for free. So go check it out. PrizePicks.com. Also download the app. Prize Picks Daily Fantasy Made Easy. All right, Isaac Harris, let's play a game of whiteboard. We write down our answers on a whiteboard. We show it on YouTube. We will tell you what it is on the podcast so you won't miss anything. It's just more fun to see on the podcast. All right, play along with us at home as well. <laughs> the most important non-Luka player in each of the matchups in the playoffs I think are very important because this is going to tell us how the Mavericks are going to play against these different teams, about how you know what their, what their game plan is against some of these teams because – each role player on the Mavs represents, to me, a different thing. Um, Dorian represents like the outside shooting and you know the, the one-on-one defense. I think Maxi represents more of the team defense and represents the um, you know the, the role players shooting through, like actually hitting threes and the guys that are on a cold streak hitting threes. Dinwiddie and Brunson represent the you know getting downhill and like attacking and. Uh, the pl- playmaking of the Mavs that are all outside of Luka. Dwight and Maxi represent the interior defense that matters. Like all these different guys, Reggie Bullock, you know, with the, like guarding the second best player on, on the team, right? All these guys matter in these different ways. And so I was curious going through these, we're going to go through each of the four potential matchups and talk about who is the most important player. So let's start with the most obvious one, the Jazz. This is the, the team that the Mavs will probably face right now. Um, they are tied in the standings with them, 42 wins and 26 losses. That is going to be fascinating to see who wins. The Mavs will most likely have to have a better record than the Jazz to get above them because they are not going to win that uh, tiebreaker. We know that at this point because of all the tiebreakers. But the most important non luka player in the matchup against the Utah Jazz in the first round of the playoffs would be... Da, 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 boom! Easy one. This is super easy. You said Dodo. I said Ferrari Doe. They are the same player. Why is Dorian Finney-Smith so important against the matchup against uh, Utah? I mean, yeah, spoiler alert. It's going to be hard for me to do anybody except Dorian on any matchup just because here's the thing. On offense, the key to the Mavs' success of going to the finals is is Dorian Finney-Smith being able to hit threes at a 40% clip. Because they're going to get the open shots. Like, that's a given. Like, it's almost an automatic that when when the times get tough in the playoffs, what's going to happen is the high pick and roll, Luka, Dwight, whatever it is, and Luka's going to get into the paint, and Luka's going to make a decision. And either he's going to go for the bucket, or most likely, there's going to be open threes. And who's the player that teams are going to dare to shoot? Like, teams are going to dare Dorian over Reggie Bullock. And I think that the they would dare Dorian over Jalen Brunson. So if if we're talking about the one guy that is going to that teams will probably leave open more than the other you know three shooters if they're not involved in the pick and roll, it's going to be Dorian Finney Smith. And so like if he's hitting, then then what's happening? Like what's the solution to? I mean, what's your what's the poison other teams are picking? And then defensively. He's the key to everything with them trying to go small. Like we know that the card in kids back pocket is the small ball five with Dorian and defensively. Can he hold his own? Can he, you know, can he guard, you know, can he switch off on some of these bigs? Can he make you like, he's going to guard. Like if they play Memphis, well, okay. They play Memphis. He's going to guard jaw, but 
there might be possessions against Utah where he might get switched off on Rudy Gobert, which nobody's really scared of that. But that's the, it's just, I think on both sides of the ball, it's really hard to find a role player. Ask it this way. What role player would you freak out the most of, you know, if somebody got hurt? I think Dorian's the guy that would freak out because I think he's almost the most irreplaceable one. Absolutely. I, I don't think I could say anything better than that. So let's move on to the, let's move on to the next one. Um, the most most important non-Luca player in a matchup against the Golden State Warriors. This is sneakily like the second most likely one because the Mavs could fall to, you know, to six. Utah could maybe fall to maybe Utah could maybe rise to third in the Mavs face and then. But this is kind of the most the other most likely one. Uh, three, two, two and a half. Well, I'm trying to do something else there because I really want to put Dorian for all four, but uh, for the Wait, you got to do something purpose. different. Yeah, three, two, three. one. Oh, same again. We agree again. Spencer Dinwiddie to me is the most important player in this matchup, even more so than Dorian to me, because yes, Dorian is going to guard Steph, and obviously he's important. This doesn't mean he's not important, but. I think Spencer Dinwiddie has to be able to take advantage of matchups in this game and has to be able to be a threat. In the first, you know, he's played Golden State with the Mavs twice now, which is we, we have not had many matchups with him playing multi, a team more than once. The first game, he played 31 minutes. He scored 24 points, had five assists. The Mavs won that game by six points. He was a plus 17 in that game. The Mavs bench has to take advantage of the Warriors bench. And Spencer Dinwiddie, I think, is the key to that. In the second game, the Mavs won by nine. He scored 17 points, had seven assists, and was plus 14. In both those games, he was two of four from three. He has to be hitting threes. He has to be that extra option because they don't have they don't have enough defensive players to lock down Luca Brunson and Dinwiddie. Right? They have a couple where you can throw on, you know, a couple of them, but one of those three guys has to be going. And I think for the Mavs, it's Dinwiddie. Yeah, I won't say too much on this. I just think Golden State, especially if Clay's looking like he was the other night when he put up like 36 in that game, I think Golden State's going to be able to put up buckets. And Dorian would still be my pick on this, but I put Dinwiddie just for the fact of they're going to have to, I think they're going to have to score to beat, like, like to score a lot to beat Golden State. Like your defense is good, but you're also playing Steph and Clay and this team that's a well oiled machine. So I just put the second. You know, I think the second best creator score on the team. He's probably better, a better score than Brunson is. Absolutely. All right. Next one. The most important non Luka player in a matchup against the Grizzlies would be. <laughs> you said Dorian. Whoa! I said. I said Dwight. Dwight. I think Dwight is the most important player in a, in a Grizzlies series because. The Mavericks, the, the, what, the, what the Grizzlies do better than anybody is rebound. <laughs> they, they rebound better than anybody. They get out in fast break better than anybody. And Dwight has to at least hold the zone a little bit against this Grizzlies team if they're going to play him in a first-round series. This is pretty unlikely for them to, to face them at this point. A lot of things would have to move around. But uh, to me, it's like it's Dwight and Maxi. I, I, I did not give myself enough time to write both names. But it's those bigs against how the bigs are the – and the interior the interior defense as well. They have to be able to guard the rim a little bit because the Jazz attack the rim and they get their own rebounds. That is a yeah, huge – yeah, the, the, the Grizzlies attack the rim and they get their own rebounds. The Mavs have to be able to at least hold their own a little bit in there or else it's just done against the Grizzlies. Yeah, man, I just I don't want to play this Memphis team. They're so scrappy and they can switch and – Jaron Jackson can 
switch as a five and all that. I put Dorian, I think, because Dorian would get the jaw assignment. And could Dorian slow him down enough to where he's not averaging 40 in a series? And it can be more of a, hey, what they did against Tatum. And they're the other guys. Um, they have a guy that played down the street in college basketball that could hit some shots. And so I still pick Dorian. Played for a team that I heard is the worst nine seed that ever that has ever played in the college basketball like locked on bracket show. They said TCU, they said TCU is the worst nine seed to ever play in the tournament. I was like, oh dang. dang. Last one. This is a quick one. The most important non-Luka player in a matchup against the Denver Nuggets would be. Yeah, it's I put Dwight Maxey, Isaac Book Dwight. Um, 100%. The guy that's going to be guarding Jokic or trying to guard Jokic or at least making the initial defense because against Jokic, you always throw a double. The Mavs, I think, would always throw a double and there's there's no question that they would. And so at least the first guy, like the first wall of defense is going to matter a lot in that. And so it would be Dwight and Maxey. I think those guys matter a whole lot against against the Nuggets if they would face them. I, I can't imagine how they would face them. I guess Denver and the Mavs would have to, to pass the Jazz in that I don't want to think about facing them no me either I, I don't have anything else to add i think i would still lean dorian at that just, but just lied to me but uh but i would put uh i'd put dwight just for the same reason can he can he like slow Jokic down just a little bit that's the only thing they don't call him the one more thinking for nothing <laughs> ladies and gentlemen <laughs> all right coming up Bobon, close second <laughs> coming up let's talk about some awards which award is most up in the air in the nba and the MVP will be. We'll answer both those questions coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about Built Bar. It's a protein bar. It tastes like a candy bar. Everybody has resolutions. Everybody has things they want to do. One of those things is you want to eat better. One of those things is probably you want to snack better. Let's get even more specific. You want to snack better. Built Bar helps you snack better. Sometimes late at night, I'm like, I just need one more thing. I just need to eat one more thing, and then I'll be good for the rest of the night. That thing has become a Built Bar for me. They have incredible flavors right now. The churro puffs. I've, I've finished my box of churro puffs because they're so good. 140 calories, 17 grams of protein, 6 grams of sugar, and a bar covered in 100% chocolate with nice, fluffy marshmallow in the middle. Speaking of marshmallow, new flavor is back. Rocky Road with mar marshmallow and almond. That Ooh. bar's pretty interesting. Go check out that Rocky Road flavor. It's on sale right now as well. It does contain nuts because I did say almonds, but... You can go check it out at Built.com. Use the promo code LOCK15. You get 15% off your entire order at built.com. All right, Isaac Harris, thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen for your next listen. Check out the Lockdown Now podcast, a nightly recap of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Isaac, let's play some more whiteboard games. The award that is most up in the air for you right now is... Yep, I I, didn't, I failed the game. Three, two, one. <laughs> Isaac went improved. Or Isaac went MVP, and I went improved. Wow! Improved, improved is always up in the air for me because I don't oh. know how people how people decide improved. Okay, do you I'll have a, do you have an answer for most improved this year? Uh, I'll save it because that's the next question. Is what? Okay, that's spoiler. My you think that one's the most locked in? I I do. Yeah, I think it's locked in. Um, MVP. I just. I mean, there's it could literally be like four or five dudes right now, right? I mean, Jason Tatum at the top. No, stop, stop. Where's um, the... No. <laughs> um, Hold on. In, Satnam Shane. <laughs> Jokic, Giannis, Embiid. We know that whole battle. 
you know, can Luca do something crazy towards the end of the, end of the season? Could they move up to like three and him have a shot? Um, is there somebody else on the out? Does DeRozan make some type of case for it? He's going to be uh, fifth no matter what happens. Yeah. So I, I just think it's so much up in the air that these last, you know, what, 15 games and who gets higher up in the standings could determine it. One of my questions was going to, for my whiteboard, was potentially going to be how much do wins factor in with the MVP conversation? Because right now, at the end of Tuesday, Milwaukee has 43, Dallas has 42, Philly has 41, and Denver has 41 wins. It's not like any of these teams are any better than any of the other teams. You can't make yeah. an argument like, oh, the Bucs are so much better than the Nuggets right now. Honestly, the Bucs are way underperforming if you would look at their team compared to where the Nuggets are as far as just straight-up wins. Philly is probably a little bit underperforming compared to where the Mavericks are or the or even the Nuggets. And so you look at that and, like, how much does that really factor in? There's not anybody that can make that specific case. And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really close right now. And I think the last... I think it's just Jokic's, but the last 10 games, things could change. Yeah, yeah, they very well could. Next one, the award that is most locked in, the season-ending award that is most locked in is 3-2-1. Roy! I tried to do that my best Smash Brothers version, <laughs> saying Roy's name. So uh, you think Rookie of the Year is locked in? Evan Mobley. There's no chance. No chance anyone else what? wins this award but Evan You don't Mobley. think Cade could win this? Nope, it's Evan Mobley's award. Wow, Koo's no gonna shot. yeah. Shouts to shouts clip, to Koo. clip this and send it to Koo. I'm with you, bro. Kate's got this. Shouts to Koo and shouts to maybe Sean Woodley with Scotty Barnes, but no, I, I think it's Evan Mobley's. The way that the Cavs have played, I think that that just elevated him to a different level. He also, even though the Cavs have been not as good recently, Evan Mobley has still been as good. And I think awards. I think sometimes media try they try to make the smart pick, and that's Evan Mobley is the smart pick. They don't do just the straight numbers for. For stuff like this anymore, but okay. For at least rookie of the year and things like that anymore. But yeah, yeah, I think um, I think rookie of the year is locked up. Dang. Okay, I still think Kate has a good shot at that. But uh, most improves, I think, in the bag. Sign it, seal it, deliver it. It's it's the same. It's the one thing I'm gonna be like, all right, this I I was in front of this at the beginning of the year, and it's happened bigger than more than I could ever imagine. <laughs> John Moran's got this in the bag. You think so? Oh, I think he's he gets got the, it. Like, he gets the the most improved that Luca should have gotten two like two years ago. What the the I think what Luca did early on two was years a ago high, we we had this exact conversation about Luca that we're gonna have about Ja. But I think there's a difference between I think the level that Luca was at even when he just started was higher than what Ja was at when when Ja started. I think that leap from where Ja was last year to like I he was good like. I mean, borderline. I mean, he didn't make the all-star team, right? Like, he wasn't any of that. To, I mean, there's people having conversations of him being a top seven player. So I thought you were going to say better than Luca because there is people having that conversation at the highest levels of ESPN, and that is Stephen oh, A. Smith. Come, oh, come on, stop. But I just, for him to make that big of a leap to superstardom, I, I, to me, I think it's it's locked. I mean, there's guys, Darius Garland, there's some other guys, but it, when you look at the award, you look at guys who've won this award from Jokic to like Giannis won it to Siakam to like, it's them jumping to that star level. I think it's, it's locked in. Is Jaws star? <laughs> I'm just fueling the Mavs Grizzlies weird feud that their fans have. Locked on Grizzlies might. Sean Coleman and DeMichael Cole are coming after me. <laughs> They're coming after me. All right. Um, 
The Maverick, closest to winning an award. This one is kind of interesting. It, it was interesting at one point, and now I don't think that it's as interesting as it could have been early in the season. Three, two, one. Oh, interesting. <laughs> Isaac said Jason Kidd. I said Luca. I went with Chalk and said Luca because he's going to get top four in MVP, and I think that's pretty close. The one that was interesting to me was, was Brunson for six man. He's just started too many games at this point. What about Dinwiddie for six man though? Can you can you win six man of the year starting two of the ten games you've played with the team? I, I mean, I've th- I I like I looked at his number. Mike, he started right? four games out of the eleven that he's played, and he started okay. all forty four in Washington. So I don't know. Whatever. Sorry. Um. Yeah. I mean, I just said kid. I don't think he's gonna win it, but I think he could get some love towards the end of the year. Like if they finish third, like what does that look like? Is it just does Monty Williams have this locked in the bag? He probably does, and I love Monty. You sure it's Monty? I think he. I think it. I think it might be bigger staff in Cleveland. Oh yeah, Mm. they just have such a big lead on as the one seed in the West. But those two guys are definitely above kid (laughs) coach of the year. Even like Taylor Jenkins is doing great. Oh for sure, yeah, that's a good one. I mean, a number two seed right now. Well, kid kid is now fourth. Can we come up with another one that pushes kid down? Luca was fourth on yours. I was going to say if we put if we push him one more down, uh, uh, Billy Donovan for the Bulls. Um, sure. (laughs) Kid is fourth now. Kid is fifth. Anyone else? I, I think Ime, you give Ime any credit for what the, the Celtics have done the last year. Some people are ready to write him off, but I think Lucas the right answer on that though. He's he he'll be closer. Yeah, he'll he'll be up there. Uh a couple more. Uh we've done the MVP. Who will be the MVP this year? I guess we'll just we'll we'll do it. How many times can we talk about the MVP? Three, two, one. You went with Giannis, and I picked Joker. Yeah. I think Giannis, I think they they started to look better as of late, and they're only two and a half back from Miami. I think they reclaim the number one seed in the East. And then when you look at his numbers, I think I think when it's all said and done, he could sneak away with this. The guy doesn't stop. He has been relentless this season. No matter who was in the lineup or not, without Brooke Lopez this whole year, look at what Giannis has done. The case for Jokic is they have two less wins than what the Bucks are. I don't care if the Bucks finish number one in the East because if the <laughs> if the Nuggets have like two less wins than the Bucks, what the the lineup that has been around Joker right now and his numbers compared to Giannis's numbers, um, I, that's insane to me. That is insane. And Jokic Jokic is putting up a a season that we have not seen before. As the sixth seed. As a six seed, still only two less wins than the Bucks. <laughs> that is pretty wild. All right, last one. When it's all said and done, who has more MVP trophies in their closet, Luca or Giannis? Oh, my bias is showing on this one. Three, two, <laughs> one. I'm picking Luca. My bias is showing. Luca, Isaac, Isaac Harris, you picked Giannis. I know Giannis has won two already. He may win this year. Gian, let me point this. Giannis is 27, and he yeah. has, and he has a two-trophy lead. Luka is 23 with, he with zero. He just so. turned 23, and he has not gotten serious about his physical fitness yet. True. Imagine if he goes to the Steve Nash, Dirk Nowitzki, I'm in the prime of my NBA career, so I'm going to start taking my body seriously camp. Like If he goes to that camp... We're going to see a different Luca, and we're already seeing a really good Luca. Like Luca, where 
when Giannis was was Luca's age, I'm just, let me just go pull up his stat line. When Giannis was Luca's age, he had just his first year making the All Star team. He was averaging 22 points, eight boards, five assists, and playing playing the three on the Milwaukee team. Probably so with Jason did. <laughs> um, he had he had only made one All Star team at that point and had not made an All NBA. Luca yeah, is I mean, so far ahead of where Giannis was. I I I agree with you. I think there's just so much that plays into it that will Luca will will they be a one or two seed? Will will the media vote for him? I think there is something with that as like is he as beloved with the media and around the league as Giannis is? Well, you just excited and, a whole lot of YouTube commenters with that, <laughs> with that statement right there. Uh, because you obviously got to get the, you know that the vote to win the award. So do voters uh, vote for European players, Isaac? Oh gosh, <laughs> you guys know Giannis is a European player. Um, but no, I I just yeah, I mean I think it will be close, but there's just something about yeah. I just lean Giannis. He already has two, so it's just so hard to win MVP awards that I feel like at 27 he's not done. So does he? You know, how many MVPs does somebody end up with? You know, Luca's not done, but we are, guys. Thanks for making Locked On Maps your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Now make your second listen, Locked On NBA. Tomorrow I will be on it with an unknown guest <laughs> because I have to figure out who it is. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked On Maps. Oh, boom. <laughs>